Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Genesis chapter number 14, we're concluding our 318 pursuit today. Genesis 14, verse number 12. They took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom. Everybody say Sodom. Every time you see Sodom in the Bible, you can replace it with the word sin. The Bible says that Abram's nephew, Lot, dwelt in Sodom, dwelt in sin. If you're taking notes, write this down. Some of this is going to be a recap if you've been here for the last few weeks. But if you're taking notes, write this down. Where you dwell drastically affects you. Where you dwell drastically affects you. You can't be dwelling in your old life and living in your new life. Where you dwell affects you. The Bible says that, that, he was, that Lot was kidnapped. Him and his whole family, all their stuff was taken. He was dwelling in sin, the Bible says. He was dwelling in Sodom. Where you dwell affects you. And I don't just mean geographically. I'm talking about where you dwell. I'm talking about where your mind is all day long. Now, the Bible says as a man thinks in his heart, listen to this, so is he. Whatever you think about, that's what you become. That's what you are. What are you dwelling on? Are you dwelling on the symptom? Are you dwelling on the solution? Are you dwelling on the problem? Or are you dwelling on the promise? There is a huge difference in how and what you what you dwell on. You know, there are people that can offend you. They can say something to you, and uh, everybody's got that one member of their family where they walk in and you walk in the room, and instead of they say hello, and then they're like this. They're like, "Oh my goodness, have you gained weight?" And you're like, Jesus, take the wheel. Take it from my hand. I'm going to wrap this around their neck. And then you leave there and you're like, why, does, why, did, he, why did she say that I look like I gained weight? I mean, it's like my favorite shirt. I look so good in this anyway. And you wake up the next morning. I can't believe she had the nerve to say that to me. Then you go to bed. You're like, I can't believe it. You? you know what? She's always been that way. And she's just living her life. She's at the beach. She's having a great day. In other words, you gave somebody else who's not even thinking about you the authority to dictate how you're going to live. I'm saying, where are you dwelling? Because what you dwell on, where you dwell, affects you. The scripture says that he was dwelling in sin and they were all kidnapped. And the Bible says, verse 13, one came that escaped. Somebody say, it only takes one. It only takes one to escape. And I believe that's you and your family. When one breaks out, now there's a route for everybody else to get out. But people that are, 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 are uh, sick, here's the deal. People that are sick, it's difficult for them to help other sick people. But the moment you get healed, now you can point the way. People who are angry have trouble helping people get over anger. But the moment you get delivered from being nasty, now all of a sudden you can help somebody. You can say, look, man, I know how it feels. You're like everything frustrates you. Everything, you know, I get it, but you, I found that you don't have to live that way. It turns out that everybody on the interstate is not trying to keep you from getting where you're going. Yeah. 
Shocker, I know. You feel like there's some big conspiracy out there. Everybody's on their CBs and they're watching you pull out of your driveway like, all right, he's coming out. Let's get, there he goes right there. Okay, he got on Highway 6. Okay, let's get a big rig right in front of him. Right in, all right, shut her down. Slow it down right there. Looks like he's going to pass it. Somebody get over there in front of him. And you're sitting there going, everybody's against me. Ah! And then one person breaks out. And you're like, hey, man, the truth is they're just trying to get where they're going too. You're just, ha- you're just in this big thing called life. And life has all these different facets and angles and shifts and swings and things that can affect us or not affect us, but where you dwell affects you. The Bible says, one escaped and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre. Everybody say Mamre. Mamre in the Hebrew literally means blessing or security or fatness or strength. Not fatness like a negative way, like fatness like more than enough. Overflow. One escaped and he found Abram living in a place of blessing. He found Abram living in a place of blessing. In other words, the reason it's imperative for you to pay attention to where you dwell because when somebody wants to break out of what has them held, they need to know where to find you. You see, in my life, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, On Sunday morning in the middle of July in 2035, if Jesus Christ has not come back, I will be in the house of the Lord. Because I made a decision long ago that I'm going to dwell, come on, in the house of the Lord forever. It will be my habitation. And there's not one thing, not one single solitary thing in my life that has been more influential in my walk with Christ than dwelling in the house of the Lord. You see, when I grew up, church wasn't like this. When I grew up, kids didn't get up on the stage and jump and smile and act like they were having a good time. When I was in church, kids had to shut up and be quiet. They had to sit there. Now, my parents didn't do that to us, but that was the culture of the church. And I'm not talking about our one church. I'm talking about the church. Has anybody been in church for more than 10 minutes? You remember what I'm talking about. Little pictures are to be seen and not heard. And church would start at like 2 o'clock in the morning. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And somewhere around 3 or 4 o'clock, the pastor would be like, well, I'm going to have to let y'all go. Let us go, bro. What are you talking about? Four people died of starvation while you were preaching. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I'm going to have to let y'all go. And he said like the fifth time, and you're like, preacher, I don't know if I can just say this, but I don't think you're telling the truth. (laughs) You said you wanted to let us go, but you hadn't let us go yet. Nowadays, we come to church, it's like an hour, hour 15, hour and a half, give or take, and you're like, praise the Lord, I can still go eat some fried chicken and be home and take a nap. Glory to the Lamb of God. And we still uh, get it all done. Now, I'm not saying if the, if the Holy Spirit wants to go all day, praise the Lord, we'll go all day and we'll have the fried chicken delivered. Glory to the Lamb. <laughs> but the reality is, I, it was a different time. It was in the past, it'd be like four or five, I'm going to let y'all go so y'all can get back here for six o'clock service. I'm like, if I had the keys to this car, I would never drive back here again. And then my mom, she was the youth director. So I'd get out of school, and if I didn't have, like, football practice or whatever, I had to walk to the church. So I'm going to church all day Sunday. I get up and go to school. Then I had to walk to the church on, 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 during the week. And when I walked to the church, when I got to the church, it wasn't like, hey, chill out. She'd throw a Coke at me and be like, hey, go help them sweep the such and such. Praise the Lord. It's a blessing to serve the house of God. I'm like, yeah, it's a blessing. Praise the God. Okay. <laughs> Such a blessing to pray. 
And Wednesday we get there, you get out of you get out of school, we go, boom, boom, boom. Come on, we gotta go. Where are we going? We're going home. Oh, praise God. You gotta get a shower before church tonight. What? I'm at church. You gotta go, you're not coming to church smelling like that. Well, praise God, I'm already here. We'll get a shower before church. Then Saturday morning, we get there. I'm like, praise the Lord, Saturday morning cartoons. And all of a sudden, the, the sun would just start coming up. And all of a sudden, my door would open. Get up, we gotta run to the church. What? Yeah, they got some stuff to do. You know how hard it is to get things done during the week up there? We're going to get some stuff done, make sure everything's right. When Pastor gets there Sunday morning, we're going to be ready. Are you sure? <laughs> and I got a little older, and the hand of God started becoming more evident on my life. And like a magnet, like a moth to a flame, Sunday morning would roll around, and my parents stopped having to wake me up. I would be up. And I'd start saying, oh, I can't wait to get to the house of the Lord. And I remember starting to feel like old David felt. I'd feel like better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. I said, Lord, I, I just want to be where you are. And I, I understand you're omnipresent, which means you're everywhere. But there's something about dwelling in the house of the Lord. Have you ever, I remember when I was growing up, uh, we had a we we had a dry cleaning plant, and so I would a lot of times I would pick up uh, uh, our clothes from the house, and I would take them to the dry cleaning plant where they would get 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 picked up, and I would pick up uh, my dad's clothes, clothes that he had worked in, and 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 I would pick them up. When I picked them up, I could smell my father, not in a bad way, <laughs> but I could smell my father. He he wore he wore obsession cologne, obsession for men, and I could smell him. And it was just this familiar smell, and, and I just knew he had been there. When I walk in the doors of the church and the house of God, even during the week, and I walk in the sanctuary, something shifts in me, not because God's not everywhere, but I know he has been here. I can smell him. I can feel him. He resonates in this place. The sick get healed in this place. The captive gets set free in this place. Lost souls get saved in this place. There's something about where you dwell. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You begin to dwell on the things of God, and all of a sudden, things begin to shift. But when somebody begins to break out, they got to know where you are that means you've got to make a decision that I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever and when you do when they break out they know where to find you the pit full of pigs doesn't need another pig you've got to be the one who decides to dwell in the house of the Lord in the things of God so that when those that you love begin to break out you can come to the rescue for the rest the Bible says in, in, in Genesis 14 here that there came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew because he dwelt in a place of blessing. You know what? That's really the key when it comes to living for God. He wants you to dwell. Somebody say dwell. He wants you to dwell in a place of blessing. He's a good father. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. He loves you so much, get this, that he has numbered the hairs on your head. Some of you, it didn't take him near as long to count. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> but he loves you in an overwhelming, in an overwhelming manner. It is his strong desire that you dwell in a place of blessing. The Bible says, when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained ser ser uh, servants, born in his house, 318, and pursued them unto death. 
The Bible says that when he heard that he armed the people that were born, that were trained, uh, he took it, he took the people that were born, that were trained, and he armed them and he began to pursue the adversary. Everybody say, born, born. Train, train, arm, arm. Pursue. pursue. The reality is in this thing, you have to be born again. Somebody say, born again. Born. You got to get born again. You got to be in the family because when you're in the family, you play by a different set of rules. When you're in the family, you play by a completely different set of rules. All of a sudden, you know, it's just like anything else. When you, when you watched your children up here, you weren't looking at my kids, you were looking at your kids. The reason you were looking at your kids is because they're in the family. Now, you love all the kids up here. I love all the kids up here. But if one of, but, 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 but you're sitting there, you're looking at your children. In other words, when they're in the family, there is a difference. When you get born again into the family of God, all of a sudden there is a human race, but now you're one of God's favorites. You're in the family. It's a completely different set of rules. Everything changes. You don't have to pray, pay for the mistakes that you made. You don't have to pay for the sins that you You're part of the family. Everything shifts in your life. When your kids become 15, 16 years old and, and, and something happens and maybe they, they ignored a speed limit or didn't see it or whatever and they get a ticket, all of a sudden they're not all their own anymore because their father, their mother can help pay for the penalty of their mistake because when you're a part of the family, everything is different. You play by a completely different set of rules. If you want to go anywhere in the kingdom of God, step one is you must be born again. You must be born again. It's the greatest thing on the planet because when you're born again, now all of a sudden you begin to recognize that you're an heir and a joint heir with Christ. Everything that Jesus paid for, you have right to it. That means when the devil comes and says that you're sick, you can go, I'm not sick, I'm one of God's kids. You say, well, I still feel sick. Well, I'm not talking about what is like it's gonna be that forever. I'm calling things that are not as if they were. I'm speaking... What the Lord says about me. He says you're born in the house, trained in the house, experienced. The word trained means experience. I'm just going to be honest with you. If you don't have calluses on your hands, I don't want you building my house. I want somebody who is experienced. You don't want somebody going, so I got this four by two here and I'm going to put it over here on the side. You just showed you have no experience. I don't want somebody that is inexperienced going to war with me. Number one, they were born in the house, which means when, when Abram decided to go to war, it wasn't a question. They knew they were in a fight anyway. When you're in the kingdom of God, all of a sudden, when one's in a fight, guess what? We're in a fight. Amen. You can mess with anybody you want to mess with, but if you mess with my family, glory to God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's something about family. Then you get experience. You go through some stuff. And if you listen to the devil, remember we said a second ago, be not deceived. If you listen to the devil, he'll tell you your experience uh, uh, makes it where you're incapable of doing anything for God. And God says your experience is exactly why I want to use you. Those who've been forgiven of much love much, the Bible says. There's something about living for God that shifts everything about our life. Armed. Everybody say armed. armed. We are armed with the word of the living God. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, it spells out our armor. And it says, above all, take the shield of faith. Faith literally means I'm looking with eyes that do not see in the natural, but I'm looking at what the Bible says more than I'm looking at anything else. The enemy comes in like a flood and you're just throwing faith up at it. 
In other words, you're not magnifying the problem, you're magnifying the promise. Let me give you the secret to receiving a miracle. Just lift your hand if you'd love to know the secret to receiving a miracle. I'll tell it to you right now. Look for the promise. You don't watch. You don't look for the problem. Have you ever, and I've done it. We've all done it. You got something wrong, say something wrong with your knee. And you're like, well, it doesn't hurt here. It doesn't hurt here. It doesn't hurt here. It's more like when I go like, yeah, there it is. (laughs) I found the pain again. And you're looking for the pain. You're looking for the problem. When God wants you to look for the promise in spite of the problem. I don't magnify the devil. Period. If I go through the valley of the shadow of death, very few people are even going to know about it. And the only people I want to know about are the intercessors that pray for me on a very consistent basis and those that are around me and those that might be affected. Outside of that, you'll never know. I've been through a fight the last 12 months. Very significant one. Only a handful even knew about it. I had a major event happen with my neck. My entire, my entire neck. I went to the doctor about it, everything. Prayed about it, hands laid, just the whole nine. I could, I, there were times where I couldn't turn more than this right here. Some of y'all might have seen it because I was preaching like this and I'd be like, well, glory to the Lamb of God. Praise the Lord. Let me look over here at this screen. That's pretty good. <laughs> couldn't move my neck at all. Some people were saying, well, it's, it's skeletal. Other people were saying it's muscular and disc this, disc that, da, 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 da. And I said, well, I appreciate all those reports, but I believe the report of the Lord in the name of Jesus. But let me tell you what my life was like. So I would wake up in the morning and I would sit there and I'd be like, my, before I even got up out of the bed, before I even moved my head, I, I would feel this, this thought like, oh, here comes the pain. It's going to happen again. And I would begin, I'd get up and I'd be like, ah, hurts again, doggone it. And I would have these thoughts. And it was like, it was like, you need to start making adjustments in your life. You need to start making adjustments in your life. You know, I've got little kids. I've got, I've got daughters that love horses and I want to, I want to ride the horses with them. I want to play catch with my boy. I want to take them all, uh, snow skiing. I want to be playing golf with my dad. I want to do all these different things. And I've got this voice telling me, you better start making adjustments in your life. You're not going to be able to do this any longer. You're not going to, you're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do that. I'm getting all these creams and stuff and everything because I'm fighting it from every angle possible. And I, every time, every time, you're not going to be able to do it and I'd sit there and I'd get up and I'd say not a chance I am healed by the stripes on Jesus back I'm not backing off there's no way other than total healing and then I would turn my head and just daggers be sticking in my neck I'd be like ah and every time I felt I'd say thank you Jesus that this is a symptom this is not going to be my life and I'm just like ah every time did I always feel like I feel right now? No, let me tell you something. When you're on this pulpit, when you're at this pulpit and you're preaching, it feels like you have muscles on your teeth. Because the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes. Because listen, what's being delivered here is a word not just for me. It's a word for you and you and you and you and you. And God has a way to make it all fit exactly what you need when you need it. So I'm waking up just like you are and I'm sitting there and I got the dog yapping and everything and I'm just like, oh, today is the day when I'm going to be completely pain-free and I wake up and ah, again. But what you do is you do something real simple. You hold fast your confession of faith. You don't let go and you keep looking for the promise. 
Because the reality is when you are armed with the shield of faith, no matter how many fiery darts of the devil, the shield of faith will quench every single one. Somebody give God a hand of praise in the house. So we start this this series. We start this series and our, our, our wonderful worship pastor, Matthias Methuis Humphrey, has his car stolen. And he comes to me and says, my car's stolen. I said, man, somebody took your car as a prank, you know. He said, no, man, somebody stole my car. I said, well, two things are going to happen. You're either getting your car back or you're getting seven new ones. Which one you want? He said, well, I don't know. But Matt's full of faith too. He said, I don't know which one I want back, but I know I'm going to get it back. Praise the Lord. Tiffany turns into Sherlock Holmes, starts looking for clues everywhere. Praise the Lord. She's calling him. I saw the car again. She chased it down the road one time. <laughs> I saw it. I almost got it. Praise the Lord. We start the series. He said, man. I said, what? I said, I just got a call. I said, what? They found my car. We're getting it back. We start the series and it took me a day or two to notice it. But I woke up and I look over in Crystal. I'm like, hey, babe. And all of a sudden, I just turned my head pain free. And I said, I said, hey, babe. And I don't even notice it. I was like, I'll praise the Lord. And I go about my day just thanking God for the victory on every level of my life. And I remember I, was, I, have, a, I have a pickup truck. And I remember there was something in the back I had to grab. And I turned around and grabbed it and I turned my head. And I said, oh, Jesus, you did it again. Come on. The Bible says that they not only were armed, that they pursued. Somebody say pursue. They pursued. That means they put some action behind it. This summer we're putting action behind our faith. That's what this whole thing's about. The 318 Pursuit Board. We're asking every person, every man, woman, and child to grab a card. Each card coincides with a number. We're asking you to sow that. And today's the day. If you hadn't been here for two weeks, today's the day. If you hadn't got a card yet or you know you just want to do more, I'm going to ask you in just a minute. We're going to take a moment and worship. Come up here and grab a card or another card, whichever you'd like to do. Because what we're going to do is we're collectively, we are going to pursue. And the reason we're going to pursue is real simple. And I went, I went to Phoenix this past week. You guys may know him. He comes to the church here. But Pastor Reggie Steele has a phenomenal church out there. And he said, man, would you come preach? And, and, and the presence of the Lord, let me tell you what happened. I went out there and I was like, man, you know, Lord, what would you like to share? And the only thing the, the Lord told me to tell him, he said, look, he goes, look, tell them they're getting it all back. I said, Lord, I, I, said, I, said, I, said, I said, I'm preaching that in, in, in College Station. He said, this is a word for anybody who will receive it. In other words, you don't have to be a member of this church to receive the word. The reality is, I, I went up there and I, I said, I said, I just came from Texas to tell you all this. We're getting it all back. And the presence of the Lord, like a mighty rushing wind, hit that place. And, it, it, you know, we have targets, you know. We, we, hey, we're church, church we, we don't want it to go longer than this because we want to be respectful of everybody's time. And I kept, you know, Talking to Pastor Steele, just in the middle of it, man, I said, I know time. He goes, no, man, this is a move of God. He said, you just roll. I said, we'll roll, bro. (laughs) But the reality is simple. 
When you're born again, and if you weren't born again when you came in here, now you are. Welcome to the fam. F-O-E, family over everything. <laughs> when you're trained, when you're a little bit experienced, even if you just got born again today, you still have some experience. You'll look back over your life and you'll be like, man, God kept me alive. There's so many people in here that should be dead right now. Lots of you should be in prison. I can just tell from the look on your face. We say that jokingly, but it's the truth. Then you get to be armed with the Word of God. Then you make the decision to pursue. Verse 16, and he brought back all the goods. Somebody say all the goods. Somebody say all the goods. Brought back his brother Lot, his goods, and the women, and all the people, all his family, all the goods, and all the other people. This is the summer where you're getting it all back. There's testimony after testimony coming into this house, people that are getting it back. I'm in the middle of a testimony right now I can't share. I'm about a month from being able to share it. But when I share it, it's going to, I mean, we're talking multi-generation stuff. Just pastoring the church, just living for God, just doing what he tells me to do. And then the blessing of the Lord just starts to overtake you. You say, will he do that for everybody? Absolutely. He's no respecter of person. He'll just overtake you. There's a place in God where you don't have to, you don't have to chase the blessing. The blessing starts chasing you. You just get busy about your father's business. In other words, what's important to God, make it important to you. What's important to God, I'll make it real simple. It's kind of it's difficult to understand, but this is what's important to God. People. That's it. He loves people. The problem is people have problems. People have personalities. And sometimes our personalities don't jive with other people's personalities. And God says, that's why I told you to crucify your flesh daily. Because I care about people. So for us, this is the summer where we're getting it all back. If you haven't gotten a card yet or you want to grab another one, we're going to sing a worship song. We're going to take just a couple of minutes. I'm going to encourage you at that time to come out of your chair and come grab uh, one of these cards because we're going to receive a very special offering. We're going to do that offering in a very holy manner. We're going to have two ushers standing right up here at the front. We're going to come row by row. If you've already given or you give online, if you've got that card, just write, I gave online or whatever. And I'm going to ask you, the ushers will direct you. We're going to come row by row. We're going to walk by. If you've already done that, I still want you to walk by. I still want, even if you don't have it today or whatever, I still want you to walk by. Why, why, why are we doing that? Because we're putting some action, come on somebody, behind our faith. We're going to step out in faith. When you're walking, I want you to start looking for the promise. That prodigal son's coming home. That prodigal child's coming home. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. That business is going to do better. I'm going to be healed. My son's going to be healed. My wife's going to be healed. My grandma's going to be healed. The bottom line is we're getting it all back in 2017. This is not a maybe. This is not a kind of. This is faith. And faith never fails. Our God is capable to do. Get this. I love this. Exceeding abundantly above more than we could ask or think and in 2017 help me we're getting it all back in Jesus name come on stand to your feet father for every person under the sound of my voice 
ask you to speak to them now at what level you would have them play. Those that are ready to to sow, Father, I thank you for their faithfulness. Those, Father, who are going to grab a card today, I thank you for speaking to them. Let it be a moment of faith in their life. Maybe they've never taken part in something like this. This is the kind of action that can change your entire life history from this point forward. A step of faith, a moment in time. When, Father, we decide to thank you for being born again, to thank you for the training, to thank you for arming us, but we're also going to pursue you with action. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Give God a big hand of praise. If that's you and you need to grab a card or another card, come out of your chair right now. Grab another card. We're gonna we hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.